be seated. As you're being seated, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 5. We are continuing in our sermon series through the fruit of the Spirit. We're unpacking God's truth for our lives and relationships as we make our way through the fruit of the Spirit. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Patience may be the most enjoyable fruit to discuss because it is the fruit that most of us admit we have the least and need the most. The Late prominent preacher Philip Brooks expressed this when he said, my problem is I'm in a hurry, but God isn't. And I think we can all relate to that statement in some way. We're probably all familiar with the prayer, Lord, give me patience and give it to me now. Recent studies have focused in on patience and they've yielded some interesting but not surprising results. Some of the results include 96% of the people surveyed said that they consume hot beverages and food that they know will burn their mouths. 63% said they do so frequently. It takes 16 seconds for people to get angry waiting for a web page to load. It takes 20 seconds for people to get angry waiting for the ink to dry on their greeting card. It takes 22 seconds for people to get angry waiting for a movie to load. It takes 25 seconds for people to get angry waiting for a light to change. And it takes 14 minutes, according to the survey, for people to get angry waiting for their food to be served to them at a restaurant. The struggle with patience is real. It's real. Impatience impatience comes natural to us. It's easy for us because it's a work of the flesh. Just watch how quickly a baby's mood will change when the baby doesn't get the food it wants when it wants. Quite honestly, that's true of many adults as well for that matter. So it's clear we need to hear what God has to say to us this morning about patience. So let's make an agreement at the start. And here's the agreement. No trash talking, no finger pointing, and no elbowing during the sermon. No comments such as, I believe God answers prayer because he brought you here this morning to listen to this sermon. None of those comments or the elbow that is so fun to watch in the sermon as you are loving those who are near you. Remember, God has an incredible track record of convicting us by his Holy Spirit in us. So let's agree to allow the Holy Spirit to stomp on our toes this morning, not each other. All right? Patience, in the original language, the definition, it's a combination word, macrothumeo. It comes from two words, macros, which means long or distant, and thumeo, which means passion or temper. Patience means long-tempered, not short-tempered. Long-suffering, not short-suffering. It means to take a long time to get heated, angry, or upset, not a short time to get heated, angry, or upset. Patience is the strength 
to suffer long through circumstances that are unexpected, unfair, and unwanted. Patience is the strength to suffer long with people who oppose us, offend us, irritate us, and come against us. Patience, simply put, is the power to wait. As David the psalmist said in Psalm 27, verse 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. Like what one pastor said, patience is the greatest of all shock absorbers. The only thing we get in a hurry is trouble. And so we've probably all, again, seen this at work in our lives. God produces this patience. Here's the good news, the encouraging news, truly the unbelievable news. God produces this patience in us as we walk by the Spirit. And so let's take a look at this fruit of patience that God is producing in each one of us right now in these moments and that God wants to produce through us uh, so they can be seen through our lives by all those around us. Number one, the first point is God is a patient God. And we can all say amen, praise God to this point. God's a patient God. He's sovereign. That means he's in control. He knows what he's doing. God has a different view of time than we do because God sees all and knows all. We don't. Therefore, don't mistake this point. God's timing is always perfect and always right. What God does and when God does what God does is always according to his perfect plan. Now, it's important to note that there are two targets, two focal points uh, that God focuses on in regards to his patience. Number one, patience, God's patience leads to salvation. Leads to salvation. Peter told us in 2 Peter chapter 3, in verses 8 and 9, dear friends, don't overlook this one fact. Here's the point about God and time. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you. Amen. Say amen but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Peter told these believers in his day and us today, the second coming of Jesus is not late, it's not delayed, it's not slow in coming, as many of these believers thought in Peter's day, and as some believers think today. No, Peter said the reason for the delay and the second coming of Jesus is God's patience. God is patiently enduring the rebellion, the idolatry, the sin of this world against him while he patiently waits for his people to receive his gift of his salvation by his grace through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul told Timothy in one of his letters to Timothy about the extraordinary, Paul said, literally, the extraordinary patience that God showed Paul that led Paul to give his life to God by God's grace through Paul's faith in Christ Jesus. And so we see God is patient. And we all rejoice and say, thank you, Lord. God is patient, and his patience means there's still time for folks to come to faith in Jesus, which is even more reason why we need to be telling others about Jesus. Because we live in the church age, and he's patiently waiting for his redeemed to receive his gift as he continues moving forward with his plan for this world. So we know God's patience leads to salvation. Second point, God's patience leads to sanctification. 
Sanctification means spiritual growth. It means Christ-likeness. It means growing him to spiritual maturity. We have been set apart in Jesus to become more like Jesus. God is patient with you and with me in Christ Jesus to become more like Christ Jesus. As Paul said in Philippians 1.6, I am sure of this. I am confident of this. I know this one thing, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So those of us who are in Christ Jesus today, brothers and sisters in Christ, we can certainly rejoice because we know God is patiently transforming us into the likeness of Jesus Christ by the power of his spirit at work in our lives. He's changing us right now, transforming us in the likeness of Jesus. And so we know God's patience leads to our sanctification, our spiritual growth. Now, we know God uses several things in this growth process. Number one, God uses his word uh, in the process of making us more like Jesus. Paul said that all scripture is inspired by God. That means it's breathed out by God. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training us in righteousness so that each one of us, men and women of God, will be thoroughly equipped, prepared, ready, and able to do all that God's called us to do. The word of God helps mature us and our faith in God. God also uses trials in his work of making us more like Jesus. As James told us, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face various kinds of trials, because the testing of your faith develops endurance, and endurance must have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So God uses his word, he uses trials. God uses us believe it or not, in his work of making us more like Jesus. There are over 31 other commands in the New Testament that you and I, brothers and sisters in Christ, are to fulfill in obedience to God out of our commitment to one another. God uses each other in his work of making us more like Jesus. God uses you in his work of making me more like Jesus. God uses me in his work of making you more like Jesus. That's true of all of us as followers of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so awesome, it's so important, it's so necessary, it's such a blessing to do life together. That means God grows us in our faith in Jesus as we bear with one another in love, as we encourage one another, as we forgive one another, as we love one another, as we pray with and for one another, as we restore one another when we've walked away from God and sinned against God, as we serve one another, as we teach one another, all these one another's. God uses He's making us more like Jesus. God's patient. He's patiently molding, shaping, and transforming you and me in the likeness of Jesus. And Paul said that he will carry on. God's going to carry on his work until completion. That means God will not give up on us, and God will not give up on his work in us, which is very encouraging to us. I know that encourages me greatly on a daily basis. And so we can also agree with Paul, as he told Timothy, we are all recipients of the extraordinary patience of God. Right here in these moments, God is patiently drawing those who have yet to place their faith in Christ to Christ. Right here, right now. All those who are watching online. Or God is also patiently growing those of us who have placed our faith in Christ to be more like Christ right here, right now. So we are all recipients in these moments of the incredible patience of God. 
at work in our lives. So God's a patient God. Secondly, I must be patient with God. You must be patient with God. That's the second key point. When it looks at patience, we hate to wait in general. I think we would all, if honest, admit that. We hate to wait. And this, unfortunately, at times includes waiting on God. We know God is sovereign. We know God is in control. We know God's ways and thoughts are higher than our ways and thoughts. We know God has created us, saved us, gifted us, called us to do his work in his strength for his glory. We know God is at work in us, through us, and around us. We know life is about God, not us. We know God is in charge, not us. However, when we walk by the flesh, not the spirit, life becomes about us, not God. We take charge of our lives rather than God. And when we walk by the flesh, when we are in charge of our life, we can be led astray by false teachers and false teaching. We can get upset easily and hurt by what others say about us or do to us. We can get angry and frustrated very easily when we don't get what we want, when we want, the way we want. And when we are in charge and these circumstances are happening, the end result is the same. We get impatient with God, we turn away from God, and we go about living our way rather than God's way because we don't want to wait. And Paul has spent the majority of our time as we've made our way through this New Testament book of Galatians reminding these believers and us that Christ Jesus has freed us. We are free in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus has freed us from sin, from selfishness, from Satan, from death, and from the law. And so Paul has told us in chapter 5 that we're not, therefore, to use this freedom in Jesus as an opportunity for the flesh. No, no, no. We are free in Jesus and now empowered to live for Jesus, to love like Jesus. And so we understand and realize that we need to be patient with God as he continues his work in our lives. As David the psalmist said in Psalm 37 and verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Do not be agitated by the one who prospers in his way, by the person who carries out evil plans. David understood. At times we get impatient because we take our eyes off God and we put them on others. We say, God, why are you letting this person do that? Why are they getting away with that? Why? I'm sitting here serving you. I'm living for you. They're not. And yet this happens for them and this is happening for me. David said, be still before God. Keep your eyes on God. Wait expectantly for God. We can wait expectantly for God because we know God knows what's best for us, wants what's best for us, does what's best for us, and all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So we know that there's no reason for us not to be patient to be still before the Lord, to wait expectantly for the Lord, to continue his work in us, to answer our prayers, to move in our lives. And as we wait expectantly, we continue to worship faithfully and walk by the Spirit. The third point is then we need to be patient with ourselves. And this hits a lot of us right where we are living today. We need to be patient with ourselves. Remember, God Paul told us God is transforming each one of us. He's patiently changing, molding, and shaping us to look more like his son, our Savior, Jesus. Since God is patient with us, we should be patient with ourselves. 
There's no room or reason for us to set expectations on ourselves for our spiritual growth in Christ's likeness. There's no room or reason for that. When we arbitrarily set expectations for ourselves on our spiritual growth and our Christ-likeness, we either take credit when we somehow meet those expectations, we take the blame and get discouraged if we somehow fail to meet those expectations, or we blame others, even at times God, for the reason why we haven't met those expectations that we have arbitrarily set ourselves. Listen, there's nothing wrong with wanting to grow in Christ-likeness. There's nothing wrong with wanting to grow in maturity. There's nothing wrong with wanting to grow spiritually. However, when we set expectations on ourselves for our spiritual growth, we go away from what God desires for us. We shouldn't set expectations of spiritual growth on us because our spiritual growth is not because of us. God's the one in charge of our spiritual growth, not us. So what Paul said in Philippians 2 and verse 13 through 15, he said, For it is God who is working you to will and to work according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing. Let's stop for, on that verse for just a few moments. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's a great sermon in the future, though, isn't it? Real simple verse. Do everything without grumbling and arguing, so that you may be blameless and pure. Blameless. And pure children of God who are faultless in this crooked, perverted generation, who among whom you shine like stars in the world. Paul reminded us that God's the one who is at work in us. God is the one who is giving us the desire and the strength to fulfill his good purpose. God wants us to join him in his work by our faith and trust in Christ and our obedience to him empowered, obviously, by his Holy Spirit. God wants us to shine the light of Jesus because we're witnesses for Jesus. And so within all of this, the message is clear. Be patient. God is growing us into Christ-likeness. Be patient and enjoy God's work. Embrace God's work. And then we're better able to extend that work of patience that God is producing in us to those around us. And then the fourth point is that we need to be patient with others. I must be patient with others and you as well. Patience is a must for our relationships. God has made this clear throughout his word. We'll look at a couple of examples. Number one, patience is the evidence of our new life in Jesus. Patience is the evidence of our new life in Jesus. Remember that we understand and realize In Galatians 5 and verse 22, as we've covered a few weeks back, but the fruit of the Spirit is, that phrase is in the present tense. And so we know the fruit of the Spirit of patience is evidence of our new life in Christ Jesus, that we're new creations in Christ. The fruit of the Spirit of patience is evidence that uh, the Holy Spirit is at work in us because the fruit of the Spirit of patience is produced by the Holy Spirit in us. We receive the Holy Spirit when we receive God's gift of salvation by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. So this fruit of patience is evidence of our new life in Jesus. This fruit of patience is also evidence that we are living for Jesus. As Paul said in Ephesians 4, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, I, the prison Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you receive with humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. 
We live worthy of the calling that we've received from God to salvation in Christ Jesus as we are patient with one another, as we bear with one another in love. That's all of us, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Paul actually told Timothy in 2 Timothy, the Lord's servant must be patient. If you remember in 2 Timothy chapter 4, when Paul was talking to Timothy and sharing with Timothy the responsibilities for elder pastors in the local churches, he told Timothy that the job of the elder pastor is real simple. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word in season and out of season. Preach the word when it's convenient, when it's not. Preach the word when it's popular, when it's not. And then he continued and said this, rebuke, correct, encourage with great patience and teaching. So patience is a fruit that signals that we as followers of Jesus Christ are living for Jesus. Patience is a fruit that signals those of us who are serving in leadership roles are living for Jesus. Patience is a fruit that signals those pastors, leaders, those elders, bishops, overseers, those who God's placed in the leadership position in his local churches. It's evidence, patience. It's evidence that they are living for Jesus. And then we know patience is the evidence of our unity in Jesus. Patience helps to unify us as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. I love what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In verse 14 and 15, he said these words, And we exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Say that with me out loud. Be patient with everyone. Again, be patient with everyone. Now look at your neighbor and say it. Be patient with everyone. That's as close to trash talking as y'all let you get. Right there. Be patient. Now look what he says. Watch this. Watch this. See to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Patience is a must in God's family. Patience helps us to grow in our faith in Jesus. Patience helps us to become more like Jesus. Patience helps to protect our unity in Jesus. Helps to bond us together, to bind us together. Patience helps to highlight our witness for Jesus. Patience is a beautiful indicator of the life of Christ at work in us. Impatience is a stark indicator that our flesh is in charge of us. We shine us when it comes to impatience. When there's patience at work, it just helps to protect our unity in Jesus. So what's our application point? What does God want us to do today, this week? How can we put this into practice in our lives? Let me just give you a few uh, real quick. First is walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. We're saying this a lot because that's what the Word says. Walk by the Spirit. That means depend on God, surrender to God, and walk in obedience to God. Walk by the Spirit means living your life yielded to God on a daily basis. He leads, we follow. Let me just remind you, as I've been reminded this week once again, we have absolutely no chance, no hope, no possibility of living this Christian life in our strength and wisdom. 
It's not going to happen. We have no hope or chance of producing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives by our strength and wisdom. It's not going to happen. It's not. Our only hope is the hope and the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us taking charge and guiding and leading us. And we just simply walk in dependence and obedience to the Spirit as the Holy Spirit moves and works in us. How are we able to show this fruit of patience to those around us? How can I show this fruit of patience? I know I can't produce it in myself. I get that, Pastor. So how can I show it to my wife, my husband, my children, my coworkers, my employees, my employer, my friends, my neighbors, whatever the case may be? Here's a couple of ways we do it. As we walk by the Spirit, remember this. As we walk by the Spirit, we are reminded that God is at work in others like he's at work in us. So we understand and realize, okay, okay. I'm getting ready to lash out at this individual in the flesh, but you know what the truth is? God's working in them. I may not know, but I do know this. Based on the authority of the Word of God, he's either drawing that person to faith in Jesus, so I better not get in his way. Or he's at work in that person growing them and their faith in Jesus. I don't want to get in their way. So we're reminded to be patient. But get this now. As we walk by the Spirit, we're reminded, secondly, that God is patient with others like he is with us. See, as we walk by the Spirit, we realize how desperately we need God's patience. Therefore, we must, by His Spirit, extend patience to others. How can we deny others what we so desperately need ourselves? And we bless one another as this patience flows from our life to one another. We're able to bless one another. So let's walk by the Spirit. It starts there. It's not going to happen without that. Secondly, then let's pray. Pray, pray, pray. Ask God to help us walk by the Spirit. God, I pray today you would help me walk by the Spirit in this meeting, in this circumstance, in this relationship. God, I pray you would help me to see others as you see them. Help me to love others the way you love others. Help me to respond to others the way you respond to others. Father God, I pray that you would produce this fruit of patience in me today. God, I pray by the Spirit who lives within me. Father God, would you empower me to watch my words? Would you empower me to exude this fruit of the Spirit of patience God, use me as a light to draw others to Jesus. God, keep me from being someone who pushes others away from Jesus. Because somehow, some way, somebody said something, done something, or asked for something that doesn't quite meet up to my schedule, my plan. God, forgive, forgive me from walking in the flesh. God, help me today 
and these moments to walk by the Spirit. And then the third key step is forgive. Listen, we must forgive. Paul connected, watch this now, I want you to see this. Paul connected forgiveness with patience in an amazing way in Colossians. In his letter to the church at Colossae, he, com- he connected this in an amazing way. In Colossians 3, beginning in verse 12, look at what Paul said. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Look at this. Bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Wow! Ow! I think there's more ow than wow. What is Paul telling us? What he's telling us what we know. When we hold on to hurt and grievances from others, we're not able to be patient with others. When we hold on to those words or those actions that have caused hurt, in us and we grab on and dwell on them it eliminates this fruit of patience from continuing to pour out from us we must forgive because we have been forgiven forgiveness frees the fruit of patience to flow from us. It frees this fruit of patience to grow in us so that it can be seen through us by all those God's placed around us. You know, we're not going to pray, we're not going to forgive unless we're walking by the Spirit. But as we do, God continues His work of producing His patience in us. One of my favorite stories in regards to patience, I just think it's such an amazing story. May have shared it years before. It's a story that was shared about the late Billy Graham and his wife Ruth. Billy Graham and his wife Ruth were out years and years ago traveling along a highway. They were making their way to their destination and they were out on this long stretch of highway and they came upon a a construction zone on the highway. And they got caught in this construction zone like all the other drivers. And it seemed like it took hours and hours and hours to get through this zone of construction. There was slowdowns, there was stops, there was detours. And literally it took a couple of hours for them to slowly make their way. As they made their way through this zone of construction, They got to the end and they could see ahead of them on this highway, nothing but clear, smooth roads ahead. No traffic, nothing but smooth driving to come. They took a deep breath. They started picking up speed as they were making their way onto this part of the highway. And a sign caught Ruth's attention on the side of the road. It was sitting right right there on the side of the road as folks got through that zone of construction. And the message on the sign caught her attention. And here's what the message said. 
It simply said this, end of construction. Thanks for your patience. Ruth thought about that message and then she turned to her husband Billy and she said, you know what, sweetheart? She said, that would be the perfect inscription on my tombstone one day. End of construction. Thanks for your patience. God is at work in us. He's constructing, he's shaping, he's molding, he's changing us into the image of Christ Jesus. He's at work in all those around us Therefore, patience is necessary and patience is appreciated. The fruit of patience reminds us that we're not home yet. Our citizenship is in heaven, as Paul said, and we eagerly await the Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Patience blesses impatience burdens. Patience heals, impatience harms. Patience helps, impatience hurts. So let's renew our commitment this morning to walk by the Spirit. So this fruit of patience can grow in us and so that it can be seen through us by all those God places around us. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead in this time of response. This is our time to respond to the Lord in obedience to the truth of his word. Our pastors, our ministers will be standing here at the front. They would love to pray with you, pray for you, pray over you. If you have a need, care, concern, that's why they're standing here. They'd love to pray with you. This is our time to do business with the Father, whether you're here in person, online. I want to encourage you just to bow in prayer. The altar is open as it always is. You want to make come and kneel and do business with the Father up here as well. Do you have the freedom to do that? I want to encourage you to just respond. As the Lord's speaking to you, maybe it's to renew your commitment to walk by the Spirit. Maybe it's to renew your commitment to pray. Maybe it's this issue of forgiveness. Maybe God is calling you to forgive someone once and for all, just to let it go. So that this fruit of patience can begin growing once again in your life. And so that can be extended to those around you. God is working in each one of us as his kids, those of us who claim the name of Christ. So let's respond in obedience to him this morning. In just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing the song of worship. But I want to encourage you first and foremost to respond to the Lord in prayer. For those who have yet to place your faith in Jesus, maybe your testimony is, is I'm the one that God's at work in now drawing me to place my faith in Jesus. And we would say, come on to Jesus. 
It's the greatest decision you'll make in life. These ministers would love to introduce you to Jesus. I'll be sitting here. I'd love to introduce you to Jesus. We've shared the good news of the gospel. Jesus took your place on the cross. He paid your price for sin. He died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. On the third day, he rose again. He's alive today. He wants a relationship with you. God is patient because he's waiting for you to respond to his grace by your faith in Jesus. And so what is left is simply you to respond to God's leading to confess your sins, to repent. That just simply means to turn from living your way and turn to God. Ask Jesus to to come into your life, to take over and take charge, and he will do just that. And you will have the privilege and opportunity of beginning to be able to walk by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. And he will immediately begin producing the fruit of the Spirit in you so that it can be seen through you. God's working. His will and His way is best. Let's stand and let's worship Him together.